Hello and welcome to the Wolf Sports Show. This is David Chapin. I hope everyone had a happy Halloween. Every team was in action last week for the sort of a holiday week. And I like how the NFL and its partners, broadcast media partners, play to the holidays like Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. And it's really smart for them to take advantage of playing around the holidays and getting more interest in their games and in their league. And I think part of what makes the NFL season, football season so great, that it happens during personally my favorite time of year, a lot of people's favorite time of year. Before we get into the week nine games, just wanted to say that YouTube TV Sunday ticket performance last week was unacceptable. And I'm sure if you were having issues, I think it was a widespread, everyone had the issue with it, with games buffering like crazy. Then eventually they got it to work where everything was playing, but it was blurry. So I don't like to complain, but just, yeah, that was unacceptable. And you weren't alone if you were having issues and didn't happen to look into it. And hopefully that's not something that occurs again this season. Wherever, and I do hope that they add for the multi-view games, the ability to customize which game is put in each square because there are too many overlapping options if you're using multiple TVs. And it should be something that shouldn't be that difficult, I wouldn't think. So yeah, just one event there, and I'm sure if you have Sunday ticket, you can relate to the frustration over the issues last week with it. Looks like a good schedule this week. We'll get to all the news around the league, including the huge decision by the Raiders. Trade deadline stuff we'll get through as we go through each matchup. But first, let's start with the four teams on the bye. First, the Niners. Speaking of the trade deadline, acquired former number two overall pick Chase Young, pass rusher from the Commanders for just a third round pick. A surprising trade when it went down. Not that Young was dealt, but that it was only for a third round pick to a team like the Niners. Remember, San Francisco already added Randy Gregory from the Broncos. They have Nick Bosa, Drake Jackson, a ton of players on the edge, on the defensive line. And they get even scarier now with Young in the mix. And a good boost for them. The bye comes with them losing three straight games. Brock Purdy's struggled with turnovers some. But I think people are discounting not having Trent Williams at left tackle. Not that they've played poorly on the offensive line without him, but he's one of the best players in the league and helps everyone on offense. And they haven't had Debo Samuel the past two games either because of his shoulder issue. So they should be back. I expect the Niners to get on a bit of a roll, but they're at 5-3 and three now. And so, yeah, rough patch for them right now, entering their bye. Jaguars also on their bye. Arguably had some help from the officiating last week, but they got a great win over the Steelers at Heinz Field. And now Jacksonville at around their halfway point at 6-2. and two. Very quiet 6-2 and two team. Remember, they nearly beat the Chiefs last season. The playoffs was closer than... The score might have indicated Josh Allen, I think he has nine sacks already through eight games. Defense is pretty stout, and Doug Peterson has done a fantastic job with them. Lions are on a bye. They totally demolished the Raiders, led to the firings in Vegas. Defense pressured Jimmy Garoppolo over 71% of the snaps, which is the highest in any game since 2018 by any team. Jameer Gibbs went off 189 total yards, touchdown. Showed the ability that made him so exciting as a uh, nearly a top 10 pick, but a high first round pick by Detroit that people laughed at, and I think they're going to look pretty bad for that. The bottom line is he's a tremendous player, and you could say what you want about the running back position, but he's a difference maker. They added Donovan Peoples-Jones at receiver, so a little more depth there. 
We'll see if they get Jameson Williams going more. And David Montgomery should definitely be back after the bye. Dealing with the rib issue and him and Gibbs, that's going to be tough to stop for opposing defenses at running back. Final team on the bye, the Broncos. Massive win against the Chiefs last week, now 3-5. and five. It was easy to laugh at them. I think virtually everyone did when they gave up 70 points to the Dolphins. Whatever Sean Payton did and Vance Joseph, defensive coordinator, parting ways with Frank Clark, Randy Gregory, whatever it was, Frank Clark didn't even play much for them. Whatever happened, the defense playing so much better now. Offense still has been not totally explosive, but they've been fine. Russell Wilson made some nice throws last week. Jerry Judy and Corlin Sutton made plays. And after that, I think I said last week something about how it would be tough to beat the Chiefs, but if they could, they'd be right in the playoff mix and definitely shouldn't be counted out at 3-5. and five. Now let's run through the Week 9 schedule. Starting with Thursday Night Football, Titans face the Steelers. Will Levis threw four touchdowns. Three to DeAndre Hopkins was bombing the touchdowns, basically, in his first career start, first career NFL action, the second-round pick out of Kentucky. Falcons' defense certainly didn't play well, but a performance like that in your first start is definitely going to be a confidence booster, and we'll see if he can keep that going. And with the way, again, I said bombing the touchdowns, that's going to back the defense up and make things easier on Derrick Henry now to run the ball. And they could have something good going offensively, despite the disappointment of the Kevin Byer trade. On the other side of the ball, they were able to get a win now 3-4, and four, heading into this matchup at Pittsburgh. Steelers, they were not happy with the officiating. Last week, Kenny Pickett was injured on what looked like a textbook roughing the passer penalty that should have been called and was not. The defender's body weight was driven into Pickett when it didn't have to be. I know it's tough on defenders, for sure. but. That was almost like exactly why the NFL has the roughing the passer rules to avoid injuries like that. At least Pickett is ready to play this week after leaving the loss last week to the Jags. However, Minka Fitzpatrick, star safety, will not play, so that'll be easier on Levis. But defensive lineman Cameron Hayward is back after missing time on injured reserve, so that's a boost there. Should be a gritty game, low over under, and I think a good one to start the week on TNF. Dolphins face the Chiefs. 9.30 a.m. Eastern, again in Germany. We'll have Germany games in back-to-back weeks to conclude the international series for 2023. Obviously, this one is a treat for the fans there. Two 6-2 and two teams, both currently in the mix for the top seed in the AFC. Tyreek Hill facing his former team. Kansas City coming off that loss, the first-ever loss for Patrick Mahomes against the Broncos. First road loss in the AFC West for him ever, which is crazy. And still, they showed positive signs certainly two weeks ago. Very positive signs against the Chargers, but still the receiving group finding its footing in chemistry with Mahomes some. Miami bounced back from the loss at Philadelphia to a tag of LO, moved to 6-0 against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. They have the timing going well on offense with Hill. Waddle's gone going, and the defense got a definite boost from Jalen Ramsey last week. Had an interception when he was tested. Didn't complete much to his side at all, and I'm interested to see how they fare against a Chiefs offense looking to get back on track. Vikings face the Falcons. So as mentioned at the top of the show, one of the big news items from last week, Kirk Cousins done for the year with the torn Achilles. Really unfortunate. With the Vikings, they got to 4-4, four four, beat the Packers at Lambeau last week. Looked to be getting fully on track, and it looked likely they would get back to the playoffs to me, given how well the defense has played under Brian Flores. Losing Cousins, of course, a massive blow. So much is asked of him in the passing attack. 
in Kevin O'Connell's offense. Justin Jefferson remains out, but he should be back pretty soon from his hamstring injury. So wishing Cousins a speedy recovery and look forward to seeing him back on the field in 2024. For the Falcons, they'll also have a new quarterback. Taylor Heineke was inserted in the game last week for Desmond Ritter. Undoubtedly, he gave the offense a lift. You know he's going to give his playmakers opportunities to make plays, which they did nearly coming back against the Titans last week. It remains to be seen if this move was a little overdue. But based off last week, the offense looked much better with him in there. Defense struggled again, give those long touchdowns. Should be a defensive battle this week, and Atlanta hosting the game facing Jaron Hall, fifth-round rookie out of BYU, making his first career start at quarterback for Cousins. And Minnesota added Joshua Dobbs in the trade with the Cardinals to hopefully steady the offense when he gets a grasp of it. But both teams at 4-4 four and four and should be a good one despite disappointment over the quarterback situations, especially for the Vikings losing Cousins. Seahawks face the Ravens 5-2 and two against 6-2. and two. As John Harbaugh said after the game last week, the good teams find a way to win games like they did. Cardinals had a bit of a shot at the end, got an onside kick, made a one-possession game. Passing attack didn't light it up. Zay Flowers had five catches for, I think, 19 yards. It was just a weird game overall, but Gus Edwards scored three times for Baltimore. Definitely one of the top all-around teams in the league. They used a Seattle team that got a late game-winning touchdown from Jackson Smith and Jigba. DK Metcalf might have got away with a holding, or certainly looks like he got away with a holding. They might have scored anyway, but there's been plenty of poor officiating this year. Browns benefited two weeks ago against the Colts, as Jim Mercer publicly declared that the league told him. Rookie running back Zach Charbonnet, we said he was someone to watch out for. Very talented, balanced all-around back. He's definitely popped when he's been in there as an excellent compliment to Kenneth Walker. And the Seahawks traded a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick for a defensive lineman, Leonard Williams, from the Giants. That'll give them a boost in the interior. And they did it sitting atop the NFC West now. They had their bye, but they're 5-2 and two, compared to the Niners, 5-3. and three. Huge test for Geno Smith and company this week and for the Seattle defense. And should be a fun one. Cardinals face the Browns. Arizona, again, they traded Josh Dobbs to the Vikings. They're going with Clayton Toon, rookie quarterback, giving him a shot before it looks like Kyler Murray is certainly going to be back next week and maybe could have played this week, but it sounds like it's going to be Toon. Toon can definitely do some good things. However, this is a very difficult matchup facing the Browns on the road. You know, first career start, so we'll need to take care of the ball. The Cardinals have found a way to stay in games, especially in the first half this year, and I don't think they'll be facing Deshaun Watson. He returned to practice, but he says he's day-to-day still. Has been a mysterious situation with a shoulder injury. So it seems likely that P.J. Walker will be in there again for Cleveland at quarterback, and they'll be riding the run game in the defense again as they're at 4-3 and three in a pretty good spot in the AFC, looking to get to 5-3 and three facing the Cardinals. Rams face the Packers. Two teams with five losses. Packers had their bye, so only 2-5. and five. And it's just they haven't found their identity, really. I think Packers haven't been able to establish it. Aaron Jones being banged up has hurt a lot, I think. Jordan Love has struggled after a decent start to the year. There are pieces in place for them to have success. Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, Jones, A.J. Dillon, Jaden Reed, Luke Musgrave. But now at 2-5, and five, they traded away Rasul Douglas to the Bills. That sounds like it was a move that hurt the locker room. That said, they've had success as a team against the Rams in recent years. Playing at home again, they'll look to get back on track with a win. And for L.A., Matthew Stafford 
injured his thumb last week in the 43 to 20 loss to the Cowboys through another pick six. Deron Bland, his third of the season. Run game showing good signs with Royce Freeman and Daryl Henderson. But the passing game, Dallas is a tough defense, obviously. But Cooper Cup, past two weeks, hasn't done much. That's been pretty shocking. And now with the thumb in a tough spot, I think they need the defense to step up and make plays this week at Green Bay. The Bucks face the Texans, two, three, and four teams here. They took a methodical approach late last week at Buffalo on Thursday night, and they had a shot to win with the Hail Mary on the final play. The ball just hit the ground kind of harmlessly, and no one could locate it for Tampa. For this week at Houston, it's imperative that Todd Bowles' defense continues its success against rookie quarterbacks. Bowles has done a nice job against inexperienced quarterbacks, and we'll see how C.J. Stroud responds to that. I'd also like to see the Bucks play through Rashad White like they did in the second half last week, especially as a receiver. He can do plenty of damage there on checkdowns, and Mayfield can't be afraid to throw him the ball there. For Houston, tough loss against Carolina last week, and again, a big test for Stroud. The run game just simply hasn't been there for the Texans the way I thought it would with Damian Pierce. Defense is playing well, and this should be a defensive battle this week against the Bucks. Commanders face the Patriots. We talked about the Chase Young trade. Not only that, Washington traded their other bookend defensive end, Montez Sweat, to the Bears for a second-round pick. We'll get to that in a second. But maybe the guys on defense for Washington will rally some around the trades, even if they're not happy about trading away two of the best players in a season. Everyone, every team wants to win, and I would think that hurts their chances trading those two, and undoubtedly the players feel that way. That we'll see if they can respond, rally, and play well. They certainly have had success offensively against the Eagles in their two matchups, but it's been two losses, two shootout losses. Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson both had great games last week. That's good to see. That's what I thought we would see most of the season, playing through those two. But I think they could get the run game going more. The Patriots now 2-6 and six after the loss to the Dolphins. They were in it most of the game. This interception to Jalen Ramsey by Mac Jones. Pretty much stalled the momentum for them and made it tough to come back from that. The injuries have just decimated the Patriots this year. Kendrick Bourne now out for the season due to a torn ACL. It was already a weak receiving group. They'll need the tight ends to step up, the running backs to step up, and look out for rookie receiver Demario Douglas, Pop Douglas, to make plays and gain the trust of Mac Jones, who it sounds like is high on Douglas. It would be big for the Patriots if Josh Uche could play this week coming off the edge and should have a shot to do damage against Washington's offensive line if he is able to play. Bears face the Saints. Chicago just mentioned the Montez Sweat trade. They traded their 2024 second round pick. They're at 2-6, looks likely to be high second round pick. I really don't understand the move at all from their perspective. As much as I like Montez Sweat, has a ton of upside off the edge. They're not a contending team, apparently don't have a contract in place for Sweat. So they kind of lost leverage. It seems like, I guess they wanted to get him in the building, but you traded a second round pick for half a season of somebody on a team that doesn't look like it's going to be going in the playoffs. Essentially, for the right to franchise tag him, I guess, is what it came down to. But if you wanted Sweat bad enough, I think you could have just offered him the biggest contract in free agency this offseason instead of giving up valuable draft capital. It looks like they might not have learned from the Chase Claypool trade last year, which was, it turned out to be disastrous. Again, I like Sweat. I'm not criticizing the move to get the player, but the method of doing it 
definitely feels off to trade valuable draft capital. If he wants to be in Chicago, you could have waited until the offseason offered him a contract. So it felt like a weird move to me. And they were blown out last Sunday night. Not surprising against the Chargers. They're not close to as talented of a roster as LA has. Tyson Bajan is set to start again at New Orleans, so another tough spot for him facing a good Saints defense. New Orleans now 4-4. Four four. Played through Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill last week. Both were very effective, found the end zone. And I would think the New Orleans defense is going to want to bounce back personally, coming off the win, but maybe didn't play their standard last week. And a spot to get right against the banged-up Bears this week. The Colts face the Panthers. Carolina coming off their first win. First career victory for number one pick Bryce Young. It came against the number two pick, CJ Stroud. So with a lot of the criticism of Young, which I don't think is fair at all, you could see that felt good for him to get a first career win. The Panthers' defense played well. New play caller Thomas Brown. On offense, he seems to like Chuba Hubbard and his sort of more downhill running style. We'll see if they can get something going at 1-6, and six, hosting a Colts team that could, is certainly beatable. For Indy, they were the team that lost to the Saints last week. Offense, again, performed well. Defense past three games really struggled, gave up 37, 38, 39 points past three weeks. It's hard to win many games giving up that many points. We'll see if they can get on track on the road at Carolina this week. The Giants face the Raiders. And by the way, there's three, just three uh, late afternoon games this week. Colts, Panthers, and then two more uh, Giants Raiders. The firing of Josh McDaniels and general manager Dave Ziegler and the benching of Jimmy Garoppolo the next day it happened at 1 a.m. Despite the timing of it, not a shocking move. Raiders offense hasn't scored 20 points in a game this season, which is mind-boggling when you have Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs leading rusher last year, Jacoby Myers played well. Garoppolo shown he can win the league. But yeah, they scored 21 points the one game they got a safety at the end from the defense, but the offense itself hasn't scored 20 points in a game. I mentioned earlier about this 71% pressure rate the Lions got on Garoppolo last week. Of course, and this is coming from somebody that had Devontae Adams on his fancy team and lost because of the deep miss throws by Garoppolo. He's got to hit one of those. Could have been whatever, 99-yard touchdown and like a 70-yard touchdown, whatever it was. But no quarterback is going to have much success behind an offensive line that is not protecting at all. And it's disappointing because like during the summer, there was talk that the Raiders were looking pretty dominant in the trenches on offense and like joint practices with the Niners. I guess we shouldn't have put too much stock in that because the offensive line is not protected well. Garoppolo hasn't been able to get in a rhythm. And now they're going to rookie quarterback Aiden O'Connell. Former Giants linebacker Antonio Pierce is now the interim head coach. Sounds like he's going to set an interesting tone with them. And I'm anxious to see how they look with him in command. They're at 3-5 and five and not the playoff picture. I don't really agree with the Garoppolo benching, but we'll see how O'Connell fares. And whoever is at quarterback, they need to protect better than they did on Monday night, that's for sure. They host a Giants team that's now without Darren Waller due to a hamstring injury. Had a very difficult loss to the Jets last week. Graham Gano could have sealed it virtually with the field goal with, I think it was a little under a minute remaining. Just drove, forced overtime, won in overtime. New York at 2-6, and six, pulled the trigger on the Leonard Williams trade. Doesn't look like they'll make a playoff push this season. But at least Daniel Jones is back in the lineup after missing a few games due to a neck injury. That's very good to see, considering the concern over neck injury like that. 
no Waller hurts. We saw what happened when Saquon Barkley was out of the lineup. And aside from quarterback, Waller probably the second most important skill player on that offense. It would be big if they could get their tackles. Andrew Thomas hasn't played since week one. And Evan Neal back for a matchup with the Raiders. The final late afternoon game, Cowboys face the Eagles. 5-2 and two against 7-1. and one. Phillies at the top. The NFL right now, only 7-1 team. This game comes in Lincoln Financial Field. There are expectations of a shootout. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if this does turn into more of a gritty game coming in Philly instead of at Dallas in the indoor stadium. Eagles defense didn't look good last week against the Commanders. Again, they've struggled with them both games. has been somewhat odd. And the Cowboys coming hot. Just blew out the Rams last week. I mentioned the Deron Bland pick six. CeeDee Lamb had well over 100 yards, a couple of touchdowns. That, that's a formula for them. Playing through him a ton, he's just such a good player and one of the most underrated players in the league, I think. Dak Prescott looked good. Has had success against the Eagles in a career. Not much selling needs to be done for this one. Should be a great matchup this Sunday afternoon. On Sunday Night Football, Bills face the Bengals. A return to the DeMar Hamlin situation last year. Very scary. And they return to that spot this season. So it's going to be an emotional night for both sides. It's a playoff rematch. Bengals dominated at Buffalo in the snow. So I would think the Bills are going to be extremely determined in this one to Get a little bit of redemption from that. Looking to stay squarely in the mix for the top seed in the AFC. Last Thursday night, Dalton Kikade scored his first career touchdown. Made highlight plays. Josh Allen definitely played freely. As he indicated, he would start doing more. And the Kikade edition, I think that could be big in this matchup. And we've been beating the drum, I guess, all year. About how much of a difference maker Kikade could be. And I still am in disbelief that the Bills got him so late in the draft in the first round and that no other team took them earlier. For Cincinnati, beating the Niners last week at Levi Stadium. Looked a lot like the team most expected to see entering the year, one of the Super Bowl favorites. The bye week did them a lot of good. Joe Burrow, 100% healthy with the calf injury. Looked like himself more than he has all year. Defense, it got going entering the bye and just continued that facing the Niners last week. And we'll see, this is a big one. To see, do the Bengals maybe have Buffalo's number after handling them in the playoffs last year? Definitely an interesting matchup and one of the best, maybe the best of the week and one of the best Sunday night football matchups of the season. And then finally, Monday night football, Chargers face the Jets. Three and four against four and three, both in the AFC wildcard mix, which is tight right now at about the halfway point. Again, Jets squeaked by with a win against the Giants. Their third straight win. Chargers blew out the Bears. Should be a tight battle, I think, this week. But I think the Chargers defensive line, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, they have a shot to disrupt Zach Wilson, make him more uncomfortable. He's looked good lately. Was clutch at the end of the game last week for the Jets. But if they can contain Brees Hall, make Wilson uncomfortable, contain Garrett Wilson, it could be a good night for the Chargers as they look to make it two straight wins and get to 500. New York, they're looking to continue the trend of performance against top quarterbacks. They've done a nice job all season, and I'm very interested to see how they play Justin Herbert this week and how they deploy Sauce Gardner and the defensive backs to stop Keenan Allen. And I think Herbert might need big plays from Josh Palmer or Quinton Johnston on the outside this week as they look to move the ball, and they need to be able to run the ball with Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly. But it might be the LA defense that drives a win in this one to set the tune and dominate up front, if possible, against a Jets offensive line that is dealing with a ton of injuries this season. So yeah, good schedule. Remember the first Germany game of the year? 
9.30 a.m. Eastern. Good primetime games in addition to that. Things are pretty tight now. A ton of parity in the league. Should be another entertaining week. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy all the games, and we'll be back next week.